Welcome back to Shit Talk Fridays, everybody. I'm Gina. And I'm Evo. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy Friday. Happy uh, pre-Halloween, even though Halloween's on Monday. But listen, everybody's going to be celebrating it on the weekend. This is your, this is your shit, ain't it? This, this, it's my this shit. Is, this is your season. Listen, um, I think it was last year that I actually dressed in all black because our episode either fell on the day that we were recording. I really don't remember. Um, but I felt like it was a little much. People were saying <laughs> that I looked kind of fucking freaky. So I didn't want to go that hard right now. So I thought um, I wear the kitty ears and call it that. But if you want to check out my makeup for Halloween, uh, I'll post it on our social. But let's cheers. I mean, why don't you just plug it in real quick for the YouTube viewers? Oh, our Instagram is yeah. um, ST Fridays. No, your artistry page. Nah, I'm not doing that. No? No, I'm good. All right. <laughs> try, to, try to put you out there. No, it's okay. I, I like to keep shit separated. No, it's sure. all right. Got to keep it's it separated. Right. Got to keep it separated. <laughs> um, but yeah, so let's go ahead and cheers. Yes, let's cheers, even though I already drank. Sorry. Of course, because evil's rude as shit. You know what it is? No, what is it? Tell it's, me. It's a, it's a, like it's an impulse. It's like a natural reaction. You know, it's like, you know, when you get an itch, you just scratch it. So, you know. When, when tequila's around, I just drink it. You have lack of self-control. Can I get some support from all my tequila drinkers? I, I need some like some backup on this one because like you're you, not gonna get backup you, on being inconsiderate. You get at me for this, and I just you know I need some tequila. So it's boiled down to. I love how I, you're trying to silver. I'm like it. I'm like that guy that meme like that everything is tequila. He's like, what's your favorite song? You know that song that goes. He's like, tequila. He's like, what's uh, what do you want your password to be? Can we make it tequila? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right, all right. Enough fuckery. <laughs> Let's get into it. What are we talking about this week? Um, I love the way that the candle is reflecting on the back of your laptop. Yo, that is, yeah, that's actually yeah. pretty cool. It's like kind that. of, uh, you know, in theme with spooky season. So right. let's get into our topic for La Noche. And this is episode 105. And we're talking about love is hard. Indeed it is. Yeah. So I thought it would be cool to talk about this topic for a couple of reasons. First and foremost, we were just on another podcast called Eight at the Table. Shout out to Eight at the Table Shout for having us. Shout out to Eight at the Table. And, um, you know, when you kind of watch yourself back on an episode of something, you get like a different feel for it than if act when it's actually happening. So when I watched the episode, I realized that there were a lot of things that we talked about where we kind of dished out a lot of the hard times that we went through, even though we are still very much in love. And there was a moment where one of the hosts on the show, Rico, says, you know, that's poetic. And I thought, I would love for us to talk about why sometimes love can be really hard. And the other thing that made me think about this topic was, very recently, a lot of celebrities have been breaking up and it's been making news. And I felt like it was more than usual than, you know, the here or there that you hear. Because, you know, that shit always happens. But yeah, because honestly, I kind of feel like that if if anybody has it hard as far as far as like being in love, it's celebrities. Like that's my personal opinion, mm. you know, because of, like their, their love for each other is put under the spotlight. It's under a microscope. You know, constantly being scrutinized. Yeah. So many people that are involved in those relationships, you know, talking into those people's ears and stuff like that. And that's got to be a tough situation to um, to, to not navigate. have outside influences 
affect your relationship you know yeah and so. they have to deal with things like tabloids reporting yeah. bullshit about them i couldn't honestly cannot even imagine adding that other element to your relationship but so some of the celebrities that more recently have called it quits that i kind of felt like fuck when it happened i'm gonna start with a couple that when i looked at them I felt like I saw you and me hmm. and it was okay. because that they were together for 20 years and it was Lisa Bonet and Jason Momoa mm. and dope couple yeah and the reason why I when I looked at them I saw us was because you know Lisa Bonet's hot there she is. Yes, <laughs> no, she that's is. that's not why. But I, I actually, I tweeted once when I grew up, I want to be Lisa Bonet because this woman had Lenny Kravitz and Jason Momoa. Like, she knows what's up. But when I looked at them as a couple, there were a couple things that stood out to them, stood out to me about them that made me feel like, oh, they kind of remind me of us. And it one of the things was the way that Jason kind of gushed over Lisa when in interviews he would be asked about their relationship and he would be so kind of goofy you could tell he was in love yeah you could it it was it it looked organic it was spewing out of him yeah for sure and there's been many occasions when you have talked about our relationship to people and you've brought people to tears oh man you know it just comes from the heart i know so does that sound poetic (laughs) (laughs) so i feel like when i saw them call it quits i was like Fuck, man, I wonder what was the deciding factor for them to choosing to separate. Because, you know, they obviously did it very amicable. They still have children that they have to raise, so on and so forth. But that was a sad one for me. Then the next one is actually something that happened very recent. Uh, so Tina Maori, uh, Tia, excuse me, Tia Maori and Corey Hardrick, her husband. And I hate to say it, but like, I know Tia from Tia and Tamara. Mm-hmm. So and from, you know, like the Disney world. Right. So I immediately was like, damn. And they filed for divorce after 14 years of marriage. Mm. Man. So I think about that. When I think about someone like filing divorce or calling it quits after uh, calling calling it quits after 20 years, I think about you and I that have been together for 20 years and just I I can't fathom going that hard. And then and so I'm always I'm still wondering like what's the why behind it because you know a lot of people like to say you know irreconcilable differences or whatever irreconcilable that differences, differences yeah. yeah I mean shit I'm still I'm over here just kind of still trying to digest the the thought of separating after 14 years yeah so there definitely know? had to be something there's definitely a dynamic in their relationship that you know led them to making that choice and then there's two other ones that are more relationships not marriages that broke up that i kind of was like damn man and it uh the second one or the third one rather was uh, michael b jordan and laura harvey Mm. and i'm a huge michael b jordan fan and i'm a lauren harvey fan in connection to Steve Harvey. I was just about to say that's Steve Harvey's daughter, right? Yeah, yeah. But do you know why I'm like a fan of her because of Steve Harvey? No, why? That's not his biological daughter. Oh, no? No. And Steve hmm. Harvey, I don't think, has ever once called her his stepdaughter or called her anything other than like one of his children and my daughter. He goes hard for her. So I love her through the extension of him. I also think she's fucking hot. So I thought that they were like kind of one of the it couples, one of the hot, especially hot, you know, new black excellence couples. 
So when they called it quits, I was like, fuck. <laughs> Another one bites the dust. <laughs> and then the last one is a very recent um, and a relationship that was very new that I just found this out. I was actually walking with a friend and I was saying that we had just finished watching the Joy Co special and how much we enjoyed it and i yes. was like so i find it so interesting that him and chelsea handler are together my friend was like no they're actually not together anymore and i was like what so i looked it up and of course they are broken up just shy of a year but what i thought was really still so interesting is that they recorded a like one year tribute to each other yeah. to celebrate their one year anniversary but since they broke up right before their anniversary you would think that they wouldn't post it. Chelsea Handler still went ahead and posted the tr the tribute for the one year anniversary and dedicated it to Joyco, just saying that, in her words, he he bust my heart wide open. So there was definitely wow. still some love there. Leaves you kind of to wonder what happened, right? So again, the question still remains: Why? What makes a person? in a relationship or two people in a relationship decide to say this is too hard you know that's a great question gina i bet it is Eva. yeah so, <laughs> um the mystery question right like why why is it so difficult so um falling in love is like the exciting part but staying in love obviously in this case is the hardest part yeah. especially with all the examples that you just gave uh so i looked into it a bit and what I found is that the reason, one of the most common reasons why it's so hard to stay in love is, and why it's so hard to stay in love is the commitment and the upholding of it. Mm. Um, now. People bailing out on the death do you part shit. Yeah, right. It sounds like real simple, right? Oh, it's just commitment and upholding, right? But doing that in a relationship can be very difficult, especially like if, um, especially like if one deals with, not being able to stay committed to their own personal tasks, their own personal goals. You know, if that, if you're the type of person that struggles with these things, then you're going to have a hard time committing into a relationship. It's kind of what I, like the gist of what I got to. Yeah. So. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, it really does. And I don't, I feel like people don't connect the two the way that they should. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's a lot, that's, has a lot to do with self-reflecting, right? You have to understand yourself as a person not being one to really see through your own goals to understand that you might have a hard time committing to goals with another person. Yeah, there's there's something deeper there that needs to be dug up. Yeah, so, you know, my suggestion to the solution to this problem or this issue uh, would be to practice using the commitments that you did complete in your life, reflect on those, and Try to remember the energy that you put into those commitments, the ones that you saw through. What type of dedication did it take to really complete that? Mm. And that should give you some type of insight, What it, the type of commitment that you should be bringing to the relationship. You should be bringing to the table. You should be, I, I was trying to avoid saying that, right? Because it's like, <laughs> I, now what do you I bring to the table? I You know, um, the type of commitment that you should be bringing when you're in a relationship with somebody else. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it's great to have things organic, but you also need to bring a level of commitment to show the person that you're trying to be in a relationship with that you're serious mm -hmm. and that you are invested and that you're willing to put the time and effort in because it's like 
if they are equally as invested, you're going to see each other. Why do you think that someone is willing to back out of a commitment when it comes to a relationship in like a marriage? Whether whether they're in a good place or a bad place. Actually, no. Because if they're in a good place, there's been times, I'm going to use myself as an example. There's mm. been times that I've committed to things and I've been in a good place with it. And I still have failed at adhering to that commitment. So an example would be fitness mm -hmm. and eating healthy. I have made commitments to myself and said, I'm going to work out five days a week. Right. I'm going to eat really healthy. And then I find myself at the drive through at McDonald's saying, fuck it. I think we're all guilty of that one, yeah. one time or another, right? But in the same regard i think that can happen in a relationship you can yeah, make definitely. this commitment and then find yourself in a position when you're willing to not uphold a commitment like you said what do you think is a reason for someone to do that relationship wise because like for me it was the craving of junk food right well i think that the difference in someone really really adapting to the regimen that you just referred to, mm -hmm. fitness, working out, I mean, fitness and eating right and staying on that is doing it just to do it, just because you, you're looking for a result and doing it for a lifestyle, mm. making it something that suits you and is complements your life, something that you're able to do day in and day out that almost seems Seamless. Seamless, effortless. I really don't want to put the effortless word on yeah, it because there it, there's effort. a lot of effort in it, but it, you have to want it almost like you want to breathe. It has to be something that, like of a necessity, something that you just you you need to have as part of your life and not something that you're just trying to do because it feels good. And I think when you say that, I can envision so many people that will be in a relationship just to be in a relationship and right. it doesn't it's not fitting for their life. It's not service it's not serving any true purpose for them. Yeah. They're just doing it to meet the like the criteria. Yeah. So um I think that that has a large part to do with why somebody can just easily like you said, bail from a relationship or a marriage. Yeah. And, you know, it's um, they're not fully invested. I mean, and this is just my personal opinion. I don't really want to put... Eva, I, I know it's your personal opinion, yeah. but that just sounds 100% legit to me because I think there are many times that people sign up for something and they don't know what they're getting themselves into. Yeah, right. Like we it said. just, it sounds good. It looks good. Yeah. And they're like, fuck it, I'm going to do it. And, and, then, what, what, and then a couple of years down the road, they're like, Shit, I had no idea what I was doing. What was that we said on the show for eight at the table? Everybody want to be married, but don't nobody, nobody want to be, be married. married. Right. All right. So it's the same thing. Like when you think about fitness, and I love that example that you use because it is a really good one. You know, people really want it. People yeah. want to be fit. They want to be healthy. And they go and they do it, but they they lack the the consistency. They lack the ability to commit to it fully and uphold it. Yeah. You know, once they once they got to a certain point, it was like, okay, this is the goal I was looking for. Now that I'm here, you know, how do I continue this? No, there is no continuing because it was you didn't make it a lifestyle. Yeah. You just made it a goal and you got there. And once you got to your goal, guess what? You're done. You're at the finish line, right? Yeah. 
yo, that that hit for me right there. <laughs> so you know, um, that's kind of like you know, we, like the why, the why, you know, yeah, that's the why, you know. So we, we, what we did was. We just, you know, we wanted to talk about like the who, what, where's, and why's of mm. the situation. So, um, what makes staying in love hard? Mm. That's a good one. And there's many different reasons as to why. Yeah. My personal belief is blind trust, right? Uncertainty where relationships stand at certain points can be terrifying. Mm. You know? Being able to trust somebody blindly, I think, is a risk that not many people are willing to take because it involves them potentially getting hurt. Why are they not? Why do you think? I have an answer in my head, but why do you think that some people are not willing to trust people blindly? Like, what prevents them from doing that? Um, I believe, you know, previous experiences. A lot of people will bring previous experiences into their current relationship and allow them to foreshadow the current situation that they're in. Mm. And the ability to trust blindly again is, is difficult, especially after you've been hurt. But I believe that... How do I put this? I believe that taking a risk is worth the reward, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I know I know it's easier said than done, but some of the greatest success stories came from countless failures, and it seems like that is the recipe. Mm. You know, when you think about some of the, the most successful things that have come in this world. Or people, too. Or people, people's success, people, you know, not many realize that there was a ton of failure that came behind that. A ton of pain, a ton of hurt, you know, a ton of heartache. And it wasn't until it, it, it wasn't it was because those people never gave up. They kept trusting the process. They kept believing in themselves that they deserved better, that they had something great to offer. Yeah. And at some somewhere, somebody would see it and somebody would give them the chance that they deserve. And I feel like that love and relationships are very similar to that. Mm -hmm. Yes, you may meet someone who doesn't do you right. But the, does, it, does that mean you're supposed to give up? No, these people didn't give up. They didn't mm -hmm. give up on their dream. Yeah, because I, I can think of... I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah. I can think of so many instances in my life where things went totally wrong for me. And if I would have gave up, I mean, I wouldn't be where I am yeah, right now. Yeah, I mean, there's just so many examples to give. One that comes to mind, right? And this is a very... Uh, I don't think people really know this story, but mm -hmm. I do, and it's the story of WD-40. So mm -hmm. WD-40, we all know WD-40. Everybody has to have a, a can of this somewhere in their household. And if you don't, go out and get yeah, one. Yeah, go out and get one. But you like think about it. Where did the name WD-40 come from? The, the 40 and WD-40 is how many times this idea got rejected by investors. Oh, shit. Yes. This man had this idea and presented it to 40 different companies, investors, and they all rejected him. He got rejected 40 times or 39 times. And I think it was the 40th one that finally decided to believe in him and invest in him. 
and look at the success that came behind that. I mean, everybody owns WD-40. I actually think that when it comes to applying any sort of lubricant to like anything around the house, I don't refer to it as lubricant. I refer to it as get the WD-40. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you right? know, yes, exactly. That's like when people would, instead of asking for a photocopy, they would ask for a Xerox, but Xerox was the company and not and not an actual photocopy. Exactly. Right? Yeah, like yeah. that's that's how common it is now. Yeah. And another, there's another uh, um, very successful person that I follow on social media and I, I, I forget his name, but he said something to me that just stuck to me. And he's, what he said was that success is one of the most strangest things to be congrat- congratulated on, right? Because mm-hmm. everybody wants to congratulate you on their on your six. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He said success is like getting pregnant. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to congratulate you, but then nobody knows how many times you got fucked to get there. <laughs> and it was so blunt and it was so like, but at the same time made so many, like made so much sense because in your lifetime as like, as a woman, how many times have like, as a woman had to have sex to eventually get pregnant? How many, there's, there's women that deal with that on a very difficult level and they get pregnant. Right. And then yeah. at the end, it's just congratulations. Um, I'm slightly bothered by that statement, but go ahead. I, you know, and I'm listen, not going to get into that. I know that you would be right. But I just, I felt like I get it, the gist. of Yeah. It. I felt like it was important because success is like that. Mm-hmm. You know, you get congratulated on, oh my God, you're so lucky. Oh my God. You know, you, you're, you, you like, it's so, your success is so, um, Anyway, I, you know what? I'm I diverted. I, yeah, yeah, I diverted from the point. <laughs> but. but when I think about this blind trust, the uncertainty of being in a relationship and applying trust to somebody that when they go out into the world, you don't know what's happening. My immediate thought that comes to mind is religion. I think about how many people put blind faith and trust into something that they've never seen in their whole life. Yes, absolutely. They have a book and maybe somebody that is, you know, teaching them about things that are written in the book to help them guide them through their faith. But there are many people that are devout to their faith. It's a blind trust. They're bonding with something in a way that they're saying, I'm putting my faith in this. Mm hmm. In hopes that it's going to be, you know, good for me and guide me in life. And I think the same thing would happen in a relationship when you partner up with someone that you feel like you have this connection with. You put that blind trust in them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, if you're not willing to take a chance on the person that you're trying to build a relationship with and offer them some blind trust so that they can go off and do the right thing by you and come back with your trust Mm -hmm. and show you that you know you can trust them without that without that process there is no building of trust Mm -hmm. you know there is i think that you have to go there you need that experience Mm -hmm. you know yeah i would agree so but that's that's a difficult part that's a very difficult part of falling in love so and just to say real quick because I am bothered by it. That statement, of course, something like that will come from a man because they know nothing about what it takes to. It did. It came from a man. Become sure. pregnant. And he's a very, you know what? He's a very vulgar and very like tough, raw spoken billionaire. And um, great, and, that's and, good and, for and, him. And he's he's just known for being like that. Okay. Now, what makes love? What makes staying in love hard? 
No, uh, you already you already said what makes it hard. You said blind trust. Oh, you are correct. Thank yeah. you. So next up is who makes this hard? All right, and I think the answer is pretty simple: people. People, people are people, so yeah. what would it be? You and I should get along so honestly. And if you know where that lyric from, you my people. Yeah, so and thank you for that. That was a nice little you cut like there. That? Yeah, absolutely. I love Thanks. it. I, you know, we into the, the 80s songs, right? It's yeah. from the 80s. I just said to the audience. You said, do you know who? Yeah, I said, and if you know where that lyric from, you my people. I know you know. <laughs> they don't I, know. I, I didn't say like when I, you said where it's from. I thought you meant like the artist. No, I said if you know. Yes, but I'm not addressing you. I know you know where that's from, Evo. Okay, all right. So, <laughs> getting. I back. would love someone to comment and be like, "Oh my god, I know where that's from." Uh, getting back to the show. <laughs> Thank you for that for that little uh, intermission. Um, people make it hard, and yeah. I and I believe people make it hard for each other because. There's this thing that people go through when they get involved in the relationship, and that's the what I call the infatuation stage. Yeah, I think that's what I think everybody calls it that, right? Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, is the reason why people make this hard is because they don't realize that they're in an infatuation stage. Mm. They start dating, everything is great, they really like each other, they're making so much time for each other, doing all of these extra things. And putting their best foot forward and going hard at the beginning. I think mm. everybody does that. I'm guilty of it. I'm sure you are. Anybody listening, I know. Don't you don't even I don't know what Evo's talking about. Yeah, I'm sure. the same don't even exact try I'm the same exact woman that yeah. I was twenty years ago. Don't even try it. All right. <laughs> and so where the problem arises is that after a year, if you seriously been putting your best foot forward to impress this person, I like to think that after a year you're looking out into the next year and you know there's a whole year ahead of you and you just you look behind you and you're like damn i just did all this you know impressing for a year i've exhausted all i've of exhausted my myself so. and can i do this again for another year yeah the idea of it i think is daunting and people kind of just let their hair down a bit mm. you know like all right i'm gonna I'm I'm take my foot off the gas a little bit mm. you know and just kind of like now now that we're here we're gonna chill back a little bit okay and what ends up happening is that you start to see a person for who they truly are, who they truly are, mm. and not this person that is constantly trying to be impressive. Mm. And so it can get a bit confusing for like for myself. Let's say, you know, like if we were if this was happening to me and you, all of a sudden I'm looking at you like, well, I, well you things feel different now. You know, like yeah. why are you not the same person that you were before? Yeah. And in reality, now I'm really getting to know you. Yeah. And I feel like that that change and dynamic um where people feel like they were in love with a person when they were really in lust with each other and now they're feeling like something's missing can really get in the way of actually getting to know the person finally now that they're not trying to impress you all the time and deciding whether this person this this person really works for you mm -hmm. people can get really caught up in that like oh my god like this relationship died out no it didn't die out yeah you just passed the infatuation phase and now you have the opportunity to really get to know this person. Listen, the first year was great. We had a lot of fun. It was beautiful. You know, mm -hmm. we impressed each other for a year and that was great. But now that we're past that, let's figure out, you know, can we can we last? Like, do we really like each other as people? Are we compatible? Or are we really in love? Are we, are we really in love? You know, is there something there now that you're not trying to like, you know, 
do all the smoke and mirror shit, you know, and I'm sorry that I'm calling it that, but you know, that's kind of what it is to me, you know, because you're really trying to impress the person. You really want them to like you. But now that we're past all that, now I get to know you. I get to know you, right? So like what suggestion would you have for someone to to handle this type of faux pas? Well, it's quite simple. And that's just know and understand that there is an infatuation period. You have to go through it. I don't I feel like that there's no there's no going past go and not collecting $200. Like I don't in this situation I, I, my personal opinion is that you need to go through this, get that out of your system, mm-hmm. right? Get past all that, mm-hmm. and then finally get to know the person without all of the putting the best foot forward. Okay, so I'm going to push back and say that I would look at that as wasted time. Is okay. there a way to maybe speed track that a little bit to, to see if you could figure out if what you're actually experiencing at that given time is infatuation yeah versus it being real love yeah i mean you know there's is there something is there something that you could do because when i think about our relationship and how it started i feel like that is maybe some advice that you could give well through my trials and tribulations like like to help you to get through that absolutely there is something to do that you can do and it's it's what i did right so one thing that you can do is I feel like at some point within that first year, if you really feel like you know things can, if you're seeing your you're seeing yourself with this person past one year, mm-hmm. is have you know at some point have a serious conversation and maybe ask the person like how do they see you? Mm-hmm. You know, do they do they see where do they see you as something like, like long term? Who, who am I to you? Yes, thank you. Um, and see where that goes. Um, another thing that you can do is, which is what I did after many failed relationships of rushing into it and putting a label on things is don't put a label on it. Don't rush in to be boyfriend and girlfriend. Like Mm -hmm. we dated for nine months before I officially asked you to be my girlfriend. And I think that that was very helpful Mm -hmm. for the infatuation phase because we were very much infatuated with each other within that year. For sure. So like, I just want to be clear that when we say, or you say that we dated for nine months, I want people to understand that the rules of that dating were very clear. Yes, they were. So I think a good rule of thumb is to put your cards on the table as to how you would like to go about dating someone. So for you and I, you know, the way that we set up the parameters is as far as how we were free to date other people. Yes, we were during, um, during this time. Yeah. During that time. Yeah. That may not work for everybody, but that didn't mean that the time that we spent together was any less valuable. When we were together, we did make sure that each other felt special. So I think I've also heard of people doing things like this when they're, you know, dating someone, they choose to be monogamous to that person. That may be a way that you want to approach it. But I think it's key in saying that you you and I chose to date each other. Yes, we did. For those nine months. Yes. And that gave us time to get to know each other. That gave us time to make sure that we were we fit each other's lifestyles. That we were compatible. Yeah. So it wasn't like here we were together for nine months and then we woke up at nine months and went, I actually really don't like this guy. 
you know, because I would hate for someone to date for a year and then realize, um, yeah, this is you're actually not the person that I thought you were. Yeah, I, I felt like it was super important for us to date before we officially established us being boyfriend and girlfriend so that when it did happen, it happened organically. Mm-hmm. I feel like certain people rush into putting a label on it mm-hmm. without f- organically feeling like I want this person to be my boyfriend, just putting a label on it because maybe the other person might feel, mm-hmm. the other person in the, in the relationship might feel that they need that. I was more concerned about what made me feel comfortable as far as like having that label and then addressing that at that time. It happened to be nine months into our relationship. And the wonderful thing about that was that when once we established that nine months in, here we are nine months in feeling fresh and brand new because now we're boyfriend and girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Now we have that. We've agreed that we have that title and we're going to move forward. And we went into our second year yeah, like newlyweds almost yeah, because we had this new title and we went into it with this new excitement. Yeah. You know, when people establish that early on in the relationship, two, three months in, we're boyfriend and girlfriend. And I, you know, I just feel like that that's just it's just. It really takes away from something special that can develop later on in the relationship. Yeah. So that's my suggestion. Um, so then let's just move on to the when. Okay. So when does <laughs> when does um, loving someone become hard? Ugh, honestly, I feel like it never ends. Yeah. I would... I would 1000% agree with that. Yeah. Cuz we have been together for 20 years and it it's not hard every day. No. But it never ends. Yeah, it never ends. I mean, there's There's, there's good times and bad yeah, times. Yeah, there's good times and bad times and the ability to hold on tight through the bad times, I believe, is where the foundation of a good relationship is built. Mhm. If you have two people that are madly in love and they really haven't gone through some, you know, some turmoil. Um, I believe that in that turmoil is where the relationship is really tested, where the strength of it Mm -hmm. is really forged. Mm -hmm. And two people, in my opinion, need to go to that so that when they come out still together, Mm -hmm. everything else seems like, like it's nothing. Like it's a walk in the park. Peaches and cream. Peaches and cream. Yeah. And so to me, those Things are very important for a relationship. And when you say that it never ends, I immediately think about you and I. And one of the hardest parts of loving Evo at times is after we've had an intense disagreement. Mm. I find myself in a difficult position where... It's even hard for me to like you after we've been on opposite ends of the spectrum in something that may be very important to in our lives. And we've obviously had a heated argument about it. And I find myself really angry with you. And the love is not pushing me forward enough to say, okay, you're angry right now, but... You love this man because love is love is a sweet word, right? Mm -hmm. But love is hard. 
and the love is just not going to carry you through. So in those moments, I have to remind myself that having differences is okay. And I even dare to say that it's needed. Okay. Because I would hate for us to be on the same page on everything. Because that would be boring to me. I need there to be some opposition. Yeah, we need to have differences. So just as long as we're not disrespecting one another, that is what is essential for me. I've recently started listening to um, a very famous author. Her name is Brene Brown. And she said something on a podcast that I listened to that was just, it really struck me. She said, at any given time, there can be opposite things that can be true at the same time. So if you think about that, there's been so many times when you and I have had an argument where you're saying something and I'm saying something, but we're not seeing eye to eye, but that doesn't mean what you're saying is wrong or what I'm saying is wrong. So I find myself in those weird predicaments with you where I'm really angry at what you're saying to me. And the love is not pushing me forward to just be like, oh, it's okay, because I don't really think that that's the answer. And those are the moments that I find myself in like, like this pure discomfort of our love that I have to reflect upon all of the things that got me to loving you to the point that we are. I think about all the wonderful things because those always trump. So I think about it in kind of like a sense of loyalty, right? So when you're in business with somebody, Right. And that person has done you right for so long. But then, you know, you have your disagreements and they rub you the wrong way. And then someone else comes along and is like telling you all the things that you want to hear. And they're 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 giving you this proposition because this happens a lot in relationships. Right. Husband and wife. But the grass all of a sudden starts looking green green on the other other side. side, Right. And you're like, this person is making me feel good. Because you're getting that instant gratification. They're telling you all the things that you want to hear. But your partner home is you're you're like you're on different ends of the of the spectrum yeah you're arguing it's deep it's hard right loving them is really hard at that given moment and when you when you sit back and you say yeah but this is like but this is like me walking into a candy store and getting that piece of candy and getting like an instant gratification but at home i have a candy store but right yeah. now, but right now, I may not be happy with it, but that doesn't mean that it's broken. So, so many times, Evo, when those things happen between you and me, I have to look back and say, God, there's all these wonderful things about him. And that is so much more important than this little thing that we have, right? Where's the common ground? So that's when it's hard for me to love you. Okay. Respect. Respect. You know, I'm, I'm not <laughs> even going to comment on that because, you know, I'm just going to leave that alone. Uh, <laughs> Evo's be- probably like, I got a lot of thoughts about you that. You know what? I mean, of course I do, but it's... Uh, it was very there was a there was a point behind it and i don't i don't yeah. i don't want to take away from that you know yeah. because it's important for for our viewers and our listeners to understand what is difficult for you as far as being in this relationship and you know being, and that's the and that's the point you. of this show yeah. right is is understanding that there are difficulties in in being in love with someone and how to navigate through those yeah. right that's what this is about it's about navigating yeah um so for me uh, the hardest part about loving Gina is allowing myself 
not to be the volatile person I used to be when we don't see eye to eye. Mm. I yeah. love how it's kind of like in the same line. Yeah, they're definitely they're definitely within the kind of the same wheelhouse of, of what it is and yeah. to the point that you brought to light. Um, but for me, it it, um, it it has been the most difficult part of our relationship and it has been the most difficult part of loving you. And the reason I say that is because prior to you, all my other relationships had a, had different degrees of toxicity, mm. but they were all toxic as far as when it came to resolving issues between myself and the person that I was with. And with you, I learned that you don't you don't resolve your issues with toxicity. Yeah. You resolve them with neutrality. You like to resolve them in a very calm place where um, feelings can be talked about and understood with clarity and not with anger and and volatility. Mm. So because I loved you, I had to learn how to communicate with you in that manner. And that was very difficult for me. That was a difficult part. That was, for me, that was a difficult part about loving you. Yeah, you had to meet me at my level. I had to meet you at your level. And the bittersweet portion of it is at some point, I realized that it was a way better way of communicating. <laughs> oh, you did you? <laughs> so at one point, it did dawn on me, right? Where I was Eva like, was Shit. like, oh, you mean blowing up and think, being crazy? I think is she's not... on to something here. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> I've been doing this wrong this whole time. Like, oh my god! So that was a tough pill to swallow. It was, yeah. and even you know, this the crazy thing is, is that you know, twenty years into our relationship, that person still lives inside of me. Uh yeah. Yeah, and um, actually, you know what that reminds me of? We just watched um, a movie on Disney, New Mutants, and one of the girls things is that she had a bear that lived inside yeah. her and she was like holding that bear inside and then Demon one day bear, that, that bear came out and was like yeah i'm gonna kill everybody kill everything <laughs> but the beautiful part of my journey is that through every single one of our our arguments or whatever you want to call them where we didn't see eye to eye and i felt like I felt volatility coming up. Mm -hmm. I had to learn how to manage that. Yeah. And so through through ex through practice and just constantly going through those those um those moments, I've been able to become better and better and better at managing that that side of me that And also with a little splash of therapy. With a little splash of therapy. Um on better ways of communicating in our relationship. Yeah. And Man, when I tell you I, I'm a lover, like I love to be in relationships and I love, you know, being in that sweet space of intimacy and everything is great. But one thing that I wasn't great at was communicating. And I think the funny part is, is that sometimes I pop off now. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Now that I've kind of like settled down and simmer now, you just feel like, all right, you know, I'm gonna let my hair out a little bit because this motherfucker, I've been had this motherfucker and not this whole damn relationship. You know, Feel this bitch. You <laughs> was like, do you hear yourself right Yo, now? I'm like, I, I don't care. Like, you remember when you was? I'm no. like a T Rex. <laughs> like, <"Arr!" laughs> yeah. Um, it ha it's it's, but that's why love is hard. Yes. Because let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, your relationship on any given day will do a fucking 180 on you. 
One day you'll be the neat freak, you know, you know, really great communicator, the best cook in the house to being a slob that talks fucking crazy and um, your all your food tastes like shit. <laughs> like that, that literally can happen in a relationship. Things yeah. can get flipped upside down. Um, and that's why we were saying yeah. that love is hard. Well, you know. One more thing. I'm going to add a bonus here right before oh, we go. Oh, bonus. Okay. And then we're going to wrap it up. One last thing that is extremely difficult about loving a person and, and staying in love with them is being able to adapt to the change that comes in a relationship. Ugh. There's one thing that is guaranteed when you have two people together for a long time is that those people are going to change along the way. For sure. Yeah, And learning to roll with it adapt to it love it and accept it as part of the change is extremely difficult people don't like change when people are comfortable in their ways and they're mm -hmm. set and they're comfortable change is not something they want to hear but let's be clear you know you don't always have to accept the change because if the you change don't. is not positive yeah you don't have to yeah. adapt right but even, even good change still yeah, like it can still, be tough yeah because you have to learn about it you have to wrap your head around it you have to now possibly potentially fall in love with that yeah. In addition to what how you already feel, like it, you know, it, it it can get confusing. Yeah, I think a great example of that is you know more than a decade ago, you decided to be get really heavy into fitness, and it really like turned our life upside down because you had this new commitment that you built into our relationship yeah. that I had to adapt to. You know, it wasn't you just coming home and sitting on the couch with me. And I think you started right around the time our daughter was, like, I was pregnant with our daughter. And I'm like, I'm, like, seven months pregnant. Can you please just come play words with friends with me and not go work out? And you were like, no, I'm committed yeah. to this. But trust me, I, I will have that time for you. I thought that, you know, like, that's a very prime example of something positive that you're implementing into our life. But still, I had to adapt. And it, it, wasn't, the, it wasn't the greatest change for me, so... But yeah, I think that's actually uh, a great way to end this. Absolutely, yep. That's the end um, of our episode. Happy Halloween to everybody out there. I hope, you know, I feel like this is probably going to be the first Halloween since the pandemic that people are going to be partying. They're going to go to house parties. They're going to go to clubs. They're going to just Probably have a... Before we'll be playing catch-up. Yeah, because I feel like for the last couple of years, everything has been, like, outdoors. You know, I, I remember, the like, the first year of the pandemic, we had a tube that we were throwing candy through. We weren't even, like, letting people come within six feet yeah, of well, us. Don't act too soon because there's something else going around right now oh, that people God, need to be aware of. I don't want to talk about right? that. Stay safe um, out there. Actually, I'm fronting. Last year, we were in Disney. But anyway, but we had to wear masks. We did. And yeah. it was still kind of like on the tail end of like everything already. Like all, all of the major shit had popped off. And we decided that, you know what? We're going to live a little bit because we were fucking like. Yeah, we were nutcases Yeah, we were it. definitely nutcases But like I said, happy Halloween to everybody. Have a safe Halloween. You know, listen, I know that there's a big thing about checking your kid's candy. You know? Skittles right now is supposed to be there's supposed to be like fentanyl or something like that. It's a rumor. Well, I don't know. I can't confirm it. They look like sweet tarts or something Some like shit that. Like that, yeah. But fuck out, fuck anybody out there that's fucking doing that shit. Um, but yeah, be safe, have fun, and until next Friday, ladies and gentlemen. Peace out. Peace out.